0: And from Sports Freak, Stephen Gallagher joins us uh, to talk the latest round. And you would have uh, had the night fevers last night, mate, after your Dragons got up over the Titans. Didn't see that coming, 32-18. Oh,
1: especially when we were down uh, 10-2 early on and we looked at all all sorts and we looked like um, we were in for a long season. And then uh, it was about four tries and about... Fifteen minutes and it was all on and um, oh, I tell you what, sitting pretty, undefeated, third position on the on the on the table. Like grand final looks pretty good from here, I'd say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm gonna say uh, Tyrell <clears throat> Sloan had a great game from fullback, and uh, I don't know if you caught this in the commentary, but uh, they were saying that last season he nearly quit. He he asked to be released because he wasn't playing enough football, and. <laughs> I don't know if you heard this but but one of the commentators said, yeah, uh, apparently he complained to his grandmother about it and she told him to harden up and work harder. I
1: was like, go, Grandma. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, stop being a fuck with her words, I'm pretty sure, which <laughs> is just absolutely phenomenal. Um, he's, he's got a great relationship with his grandmother. She uh, presented his debut jersey to him, so I'm sure that... Um, you know, when she uh, saw him um, dotting down untouched last night and having a bit of confidence about his game, she would have been uh, mighty proud and those words would have been ringing in his ears, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, 100%, mate, 100%. I mean, I didn't see this coming. Uh, the guy at my uh, at my local bottle shop is a big Dragons fan. I talked to him, I talked to you. I talked to a Dragons fan from over in Australia. All of you thought you were in for, the, for a battle for the wooden spoon, um, so... Where where are you now? I know it's only one game, but where are you now?
1: Well, look, I think um, I think the hardest part about it was waiting basically two complete rounds to play that first game, and now that kind of game's over. It's you know, there's a little bit of pressure being released, I suppose, on the club, but now they've got the biggest battle to back that up, their performance up against uh, the Broncos this coming weekend. Um, Look, the Rome wasn't built in a day. A win's a win. It definitely helps. But um, look, there's, there's still a lot of questions to be answered. Um, a lot of positions that are still up for grabs. And um, really, look, I'll just say I'll, I'll take the win. I'll take the, the early premiership and, um, and, we'll, and we'll go from there. But I um, don't know if the top eight's on the cards, but look, I'll, I'll sit pretty after round two, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, looking uh, looking all right, mate. Looking all right. Looking better than I thought you would look, uh, which is something we can't say uh, probably about either the Knights or the Tigers. I mean, that game was an awful game, wasn't it?
1: I described that game as a good game but crap at the same time. Like it was, you know those games where it's like you're you're enjoying it but you don't really know why? That's kind of what I felt like when I was watching that. It was a bit of a bludger. Um Not as, you know, I think the most exciting part of the game happened afterwards when um, Jackson Hastings went up to apologise to uh, Tommy Talao about breaking his nose, and Tommy Talao wasn't that happy about it. Yeah,
0: well, I'm not surprised. It was a pretty high shot.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you whack me across the Schnoz Ricardo, I'd be pretty fired up too, to be fair, especially if I played for the Tigers. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. And and then I, I noticed uh, he, he, Jackson Hastings was going to argue the toss, but then David Clemmer got involved and he decided uh, discretion was a better part of valor and retreated quite quickly.
1: <laughs> yeah, look, uh, you know, even if I saw uh, David Clemmer 100 metres away, I'd be retreating pretty quickly, that's for sure. Yeah mate, uh, yeah exactly um, so what
0: the Tigers do, now there are two games at Leichhardt, so two home games against the Titans and the Knights, two teams you'd think if you're going to be a top 8 team you need to be beating at home and they've lost both of them so does that relegate the Tigers to a bottom 4 position do you think for you overall?
1: I, I would say so I think this is the, the I think the most losses in a row by the home side at Leichhardt is 5 and I think they've equaled that so that's, um, it's not not looking good for the Tigers Um. I think they desperately lack some direction on the field and um, I don't think it gets any easier when they play the Bulldogs this coming Sunday, I'm pretty sure, after their inspired victory over Melbourne. But um, I just don't see any positive attacking flair or performance or direction when, when, when they're with uh, ball in hand. So they really need to remedy that. I don't know if John Bateman's going to somehow magically solve all their problems when he when he starts to play, but they just... They just don't look like they're going to be able to score tries this season. And, and, you know, for all their signings and the way that um, Epi Coruso is, um, you know, running around from from Ma'a, from dummy half, it's really hard for them to not score points when you've got someone so good like that. And we've seen him, you know, transform the Panthers. And when he was at Manly before that too, he was a fantastic player. He just, just probably, you know, maybe they're... Three to four weeks away from just finding their feet and finding, you know, playing with each other and everything like that, and and I think that goes back to the trials where I really believe that they should have played their uh, their best side for those two trials just to sort of gel those formations on the field.
0: Yeah, and it's a bit of a head scratcher, mate. To be honest, because their spine actually looks pretty good, you know, if you consider that you have got Dane Laurie at fullback, uh, then you've got Adam Dewey and Luke Brooks in the halves. Uh, you got Epi um at Hooker. Uh, I mean, you, you're probably lacking a, um, a a real quality lock, but I mean, outside of that, that's not a bad spine. And they played against twelve men for about fourteen minutes at the end of the game. So you should be able to get across the line with with that sort of lineup. I would have thought.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Like, uh, you know, I I think Adam Dewey's a really fantastic footballer. He's one of those players that it doesn't matter where you play him, he's going to try his heart out 110%. Um, Dane Laurie's so exciting at the back, but I just, the, the play just seemed to break down quite often for them. You know, they were running across, you know, the field sideways. They weren't hitting those holes like they should be. You know, there wasn't any footwork at the line. It was all very labored and it was all very slow for the Tigers. They just seemed a little bit off the pace.
0: They did, mate. They did. All right. Well, we talk Tigers another time because uh, I I think we spend far too much time on on a wooden spoon candidate as it is. Uh, let's let's go back to Thursday night and the Panthers and the rabbits. I mean, the Panthers got up in this one, but they were hanging on towards the end. The Rabbitohs uh, were certainly um, putting the pressure on, and I and I thought um, there was a, there was a lot of niggle in this game as well, mate
1: yeah there seems to be a lot of feeling in that and and I assume that's because every time they, it comes down to it, the panthers have the the Rabideaus number you know I think their last ten starts've won nine against the the Rabideaus, and the only time the Rabideaus have beat them was that um first week of the of the finals and in, in twenty uh twenty twenty one um it also sort of helps you know with uh, Latrell the character is, is sort of firing some shots midweek and saying there's some cracks in the windshield of this Penrith side but you know Penrith are just far too good they're so competitive even you know when uh, you know things didn't go their way you could see they still had a little bit of composure on, on their side and they just looked a little bit smoother they looked a little bit better this week especially compared to week one where they just sort of dropped a lot of ball and they didn't look that smart but definitely, uh, you could definitely tell that the Rabbit were lacking a couple of key forwards through the middle. They just lacked a little bit of punch and desire through there, and every time they did sort of try to cut through that uh, defense of the Panthers, the Panthers sort of really stood up and, and pushed them back, and um, the way that they execute, and, and the way that Penrith sort of play off the cuff, or if they play direct from from the halves, from Cleary and Lua, they always look real. Like they always look, they like they know where they need to go, and and that's a sign of a championship side that you know they can win these sorts of competition games where it's mid-lead, There's a little bit of feeling in it. There's a little bit of emotion, but they can also um, come together when it counts as well and put points on the on the on the field and, and on the scoreboard. But they just did their very best to to lose it almost uh, through through the last sort of quarter of the game, but they they did enough and and they took the goods and they got the result. And I think it's the most important thing for them is that they got that win. They go into the bye this week and then they can sort of reset their their ways and and see what they're going to do for week four.
0: Yeah, So they got a, it's probably a good time to have a bye. You can have a have a look at everybody. You can you've got a couple of games in Anger under your belt, and then you can reset. Um, the Eels would love to do that, mate. Uh, two games, two losses. Sit uh, sixteenth at the moment. I uh, thought they had that game against the Sharks in the bag, um, but I think they thought that, that as well, and uh, they, they let the Sharkies back in.
1: That was, I think, that was my game of the round. To be honest, um, probably not for you, Ricardo, but it was uh, a fantastic game. I think it was it was by far the game of the round for me. It was just free-flowing footy. Um, You know, uh, Will Kennedy played fantastic for the Sharks. Um, You know, Mitchell Moses, despite losing another milestone game, really stood up and really delivered. Um, And I think it really came down to that uh, Wanga Blake uh, pretty much should have just given the ball to uh, Mike Acevo with about 30 seconds to go. And I think you'd back Mike Acevo uh, 10 times out of 10 with one man to beat five metres out from the line, wouldn't you? 100%,
0: Hundred percent, mate. Hundred percent. Yeah, that uh, will be something that no doubt they they will be drilling and training this week. I would, I, I suspect, Stephen.
1: Yeah, especially when um, when it comes to them playing uh, Manly on Thursday, and we know uh, just how easily Manly disposed of the Bulldogs in round one. Um, you know the Eels, despite you know being early sort of you know, top four sort of favourites, they can be staring down a, an 0 and three start to the season and um, you know, there's a little bit of pressure building on Brad Arthur if that's the case. But you know, after two weeks they've had two really tight losses, four point losses, so they're not off the pace by any means, but they definitely need a win uh sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah. Uh, what what have you made so far of Josh Hodgson, um, as half back in this para team? Because well tell you, I I mean, as a as a para fan, he doesn't get, he doesn't if you're defending him you know you don't have to worry about the run because he never does it. He always steps off sideways mm-hmm. and passes. Uh, he doesn't do the... He, he never seems to shoot from dummy half.
1: I, I, I think you look at how Reed Marnie's. you know, his first two games for the Bulldogs, they've sort of moulded their attack around how good Reed Marnie can be coming out of the 90s. You know, he's so good. He's so elusive. He can make those holes. But it looks like to me that Brad Arthur and Parramatta, when they're on attack, their game just runs out of... Moses and Brown so they don't ever get any sort of go forward from the hooker you know you take a look at someone like Harry Grant like any chance he can get if you give him an inch he will go a mile that never happens with Hodgson he's a good player he's a great service nine. he's he's strong he's really good on defense and he'll give you quality ball every single time but I think they need just another little something out of him just to Play that sort of game where he can sort of catch the markers off or or anything like that. And if and if I'm if I'm a marker and I know Josh Hodgson's a dummy half, I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna have to be worried about his running game. I know he's just gonna give the ball to Moses or Brown. And I think maybe they need a little add a little bit of spice to their attack and add that sort of nine roll as as another threat for Parramatta. Otherwise. Um, everyone knows it's just going to go to Moses and Brown and they can sort of pressure the hards a little bit more and it gives them less time on attack.
0: Yeah, 100%, mate. And I mean, uh, Parra have just let Nathan Brown go to the Roosters um, and I could see Hodgson playing as a 13, to be honest, um, if they can find someone uh, who can who can play at hooker and actually run out of dummy half. Uh, what about the Bronx? Didn't see this coming. Two games, two wins for them. Uh, is Kevi, Kevi Walters a, a better coach than Selwyn Cobbo thinks?
1: <laughs> well, I, I, he must be if they're two from two, especially um, when they got a really, really good win against a, a very good Cowboys side on uh, on Friday night. It was a really good game; they played really strong. Um, I definitely feel sorry for Corey Oates, who was on the end of a, a crusher tackle and a, a broken jaw in the space of about thirty minutes on uh, on Friday night. But um, well, I think they 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 really backed themselves. You know obviously the Cowboys came out strong, but there was never a moment where you were watching this Broncos side where they panicked too much. And and I assume a lot of that comes down to having someone like Adam Reynolds in the halves who can direct the team around. He's got a cool head. And and you think someone like Ezra Mamm, he's got another year under his belt now. He's in his second season. Reece Walsh is in his second and a half season, and he played fantastically. And they just seem to uh, really get a lot of ball through the middle and the likes of Kerrigan and Haas were just doing some great runs and, and then you get it out to the, the edge edge rowers and edge back rowers and they just looked like they had a lot of fun as well and when the Bulldogs, when the Broncos are having fun and when they're playing really smart direct footy and giving giving a bit of uh, you know direction around the field they look really good and that's exactly what they did to the Cowboys they, you know, they didn't worry about that. They were down, you know, 12 points early on. They just held on, held on, chipped away, chipped away, and then they got the result, and they looked fantastic at the end, especially uh, Reese Walsh playing better in one game than he ever has for the Warriors. So um, I'm sure uh, all the fans at Mount Smart weren't too happy about that. <laughs> no, no,
0: not at all, mate, not at all. I, I've got to wonder, um, I'm trying to remember who it was. Was it Jack Whiten that Felice Calfusi absolutely ironed out um, in the game between the Dolphins and the, and the Raiders, much like he did to... Cheese and Radley and in game one, man, he is hitting harder than I've ever seen him hit.
1: Yeah, I think it was Hudson Young. I'm pretty sure, or, or it might have been White, but I'm pretty sure it was Hudson Young. But he, um, I don't know, I don't know what's coming to uh, Felice Katusi in this uh, Redcliffe Dolphins jersey because we didn't really see much of that at the, at his, you know, his eight to ten years he spent at the Melbourne Storm. But he's come out and he has just asserted his dominance over, you know, the opposition, and he's basically changed the game. For the Dolphins to win with two great defensive plays in two weeks, and you know that's you know I'm sure uh, Arthur Beetson's looking down and, and seeing that and going you know this is exactly why um, Redcliffe has picked them up and that's why Wayne's got them and that's why he was the first person signed because they know. He's got this ability, he's fantastic, and he's done that. And I've, to, to his credit, like, I've never really thought of uh, Salis Gafusi as a, a really dynamic or a very good player. But the first two weeks, he's really taken that leadership role and taken it upon his shoulders to to turn the game defensively. And it takes a really good player to do that, and he's done really well for them.
0: Yeah, he's done a great job for them. So the Dolphins are 2-0 and as well. Uh, i tell you what you mentioned, the Melbourne Storm. If there's one thing you don't want to be this week, it's a Melbourne Storm player after that loss uh, because training <laughs> is going to be brutal.
1: It, uh to you know if, if I'm Craig Bellamy, I'm thinking sh- I should have just quit last year. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm pretty sure I'm I'm pretty sure all the players will be thinking that too because they're going to get absolutely blogged this week. <laughs> There's no two ways about it. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, mate. All good. All right. Who was
0: your uh, Who was your standout um, uh, for over the weekend, mate? Was it Was there one player that you really went this guy's This guy's owned the round.
1: I actually really liked um, the way that uh, Reed Marnie played for the Bulldogs uh, against uh, the Storm. I thought the way that he sort of um, made some really important darts, some really important runs um, from dummy half, and, and the way that he just sort of got them on the front foot every time they needed to get on the front foot, every time the Storm looked like they were having a strong defensive set. There's just something about Reed Marnie, the way he played, the way he uh, sniped and he just he just looked really good for the Bulldogs and he's really fit into that Bulldogs mould. The other person I really liked uh, to see was um, uh, Hamiso Tabuasido, who has just loves to score tries. Obviously, and he did the exact same thing for the Cowboys last year. But he you know he scored two tries uh, for the Dolphins uh, on Saturday night when they were down to 12 men. So he's done a fantastic job of getting them around the field and getting that he sort of he, very much in that Josh Addo Car mould, where he's a lot of energy and hype comes from him, and they can see that the players feed off that, and he's um he's done a good job. So those was probably my two players of the round.
0: Beautiful, good stuff, Stephen Gallagher from SportsFreak.co.nz, mate. Thanks for your time. Keep up the good work, we'll catch up again next Monday, eh? All good, mate. Take it easy, eh? Yeah, will do. There we go, uh, Stephen Gallagher uh, with us every Monday talking in NRL.